Usually he does. He's and I go to edit it, and there's like five minutes of just conversation <laughs> beforehand. It's better to press record. Yeah, I know. I know. This is Tess Pelicano from Connecticut Filmworks, and you're listening to Fade In, recorded under the Baobab Tree at Baobab Tree Studios. In three, two, one, action. Hello and welcome to Fade In, a show where we follow the life and times of an independent group of filmmakers making stories on screen and over the podcast airways. I am your host, Tess Pelicano. Among other things, I am a producer and writer for the Connecticut Filmworks. This week we have some very special guests, community access coordinators for the local access CTV 192 station in Connecticut, Lindsay Kelcrest, Mark Ingram, and Franny Hannigan. Welcome, guys. Hey. Hi, thanks. Nice to be here. This is so weird having three people stare at me from different angles. <laughs> I didn't realize <laughs> that before. So um, this is kind of unusual for us. We usually have people on the show who have worked with us in um, doing our films or doing shorts or monologues, different actors, writers, producers. But this is kind of an interesting show because you guys are TV people, not film people in your current state of career. But the reason we have you on today is because I, along with several other Connecticut Filmworks crew members, have taken the public access offered television production course at your studio, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But before we do, I want each of you to introduce yourselves to our invisible and not so invisible in the other room audience. <laughs> I think I'm going to start with Mark, because Franny said he liked your voice, so we'll start with you. <laughs> okay. So I, I have to begin with something about me. Um, I guess I should say my name again. Who are you? Yeah. Mark Ingram, and I'm with CTV 192. Um, that's a community television station in the western part of Connecticut, managed by Charter Communications. We cover 14 towns. I'll list them. Trumbull, Monroe, Newtown, New Fairfield, Sherman, Brookfield, Roxbury, Southbury, Woodbury, Kent, Bethlehem, New Milford. I might have said Washington, but I'll say it again. And and Bethlehem. And Monroe? And Monroe. Monroe. I didn't say Monroe. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) We'll have to check the tape later. (laughs) But yeah, all all those towns you guys cover, but what do you do at the station that covers all those towns? Oh, yeah. So when when people come in, um, if they have an idea for a program, I'm helping to train them in the skills to produce that program, the production skills. So maybe the idea they tell me we think what's best for them is to train them on a camcorder and an edit system. We do that. Um, maybe based on their idea, we might suggest the better format is to be in the studio, especially if they have a group of friends and people that want to work on it together because the studio production is more manpower intensive, Uh, whereas when you use a camcorder and edit, you need less manpower but more time in editing, And, and, and that is when you're producing in a community access environment. So you, as a community um, coordinator, community you got coordinator, it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you help people who have programming to 
bring it to fruition in a way that makes sense for community access. Yes, you got it. That's what we do. We help them express their First Amendment expression. Yeah, we're, we're one of the last bastions of that because after the training, they do it for free. There's no the rental charge. Free. And the training is free. Aww. Yeah. I mean, I knew that, but <laughs> right. what? It never ceases to amaze us. I know, right? So since uh, since we've got you right here too, Lindsay, who are you and what do you do? I am also a community access coordinator. So um, like Mark said, um, as a coordinator, um, I help uh, people um, if they have ideas, they something that they um, they'd like to make a television show out of or um, they'd like to explore. Um, we, we help them. Um, we're basically help them practice their voice in media. Um, so we're a TV channel. We have a TV studio. And um, so we'll talk to people com- um, coming in from this residency area um, that they, they have the right to make a television show. And um, we help them do that. Um, we each have tasks that we focus on a little bit separately from each other. So I work on programming. The others don't do that. But as a whole, we, we're here for the, the public to make TV shows. Cool. I mean, I knew that also, but <laughs> but I still think it's it, cool. It also, it never stops being cool. Yeah, it mm. never stops being cool. So, Franny, what about you? Yeah, Tess, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, my responsibilities are two. One is I run the training program that we operate three times a year. So we mm-hmm. have a winter, uh, summer, and fall program. And I teach that. Mark also and Lindsay are also part of that. So we we do that together. But I kind of run that and make sure people are coming in and keep track of all the records. But then I also co-produce with Mark a local music show called Studio 21. Mm -hmm. And we're very proud of that. We bring in professional acts into the studio so that people like you, Tess, get a chance to work with real musicians and produce real shows that goes on the air. So we've done that for three years and we're 80 shows in and we're, we're going strong. And I feel like we're supporting local music, but also allowing volunteer producers to get real experience to build their skills and their confidence and I, you know it because you know you've been I, there. I do that i did not know the 80 shows in part though that was really cool yep that's awesome you guys do it twice a month exactly so, yep. yeah so i could yeah the math should work out i don't know i think so <laughs> i don't know that's not what the show's about the show's not about math so <laughs> so i think we talked about this a little bit i think mark covered this what exactly does local access do um, and why it exists. You mentioned the First Amendment and freedom of speech. I mean, you don't have to go too much into it, but just kind of give yeah, let's people not an get idea. Too of, technical. <laughs> no, but like, let's, why, let's just let's say. get to the fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, a number of forces came together: political, independent producers, documentarians. That in 1970, um, all those forces came to say that uh, there should be a channel that belongs to the community. And so all the private sources, government forces, uh, pooled the resources together so that, you know, just like telephones are using uh, right of access or or public lands to run those uh, lines, cable companies are also. So um, in those first uh, cable um, legislation and contracts, a channel would be set aside that people would have access to. And that's essentially how the community access channels started. So it's something that's very important in American culture. It, it, it's also in Canada, too. I believe from what I've read, it's in like 
19 other countries, something like that. The rights of you being there and, and getting to continue to do programming is like... Let's legal. say that it's, it's federally mandated and state legislated. Yeah, because there was one point when we were there doing a show and we lost power and mm -hmm. you guys went off the air... <laughs> like for a couple of minutes <laughs> and Greg came back what? in a panic because it's like yes, you yes, legally yes, have right. to you have to be on the air. So I just I find it really fascinating because local access is very different than a normal television station. And so I wanted to ask each of you why local access? Why do you enjoy working at local access rather than trying to work at like I don't know, ABC or something? Like what draws well, local access to you. If I can just jump in, one yeah. of the big differences were non-commercial. Right, there's every, no commercials. Every other channel is trying to make money. So you've got businesses and, like you just said, commercials, like just mm -hmm. driving that home. The pressure's off with community access. Mm -hmm. You kind of come in with your own idea as long as you're not asking uh, for a sale or trying to push a, a private business. You can express yourself and your, your ideas through this medium. That's a mm. huge difference. And is that why you enjoy local access or working at local access? Or do you just... Well, you know, I was new to it at one point, but as I've been a, an employee and I'm doing it, I, I see the huge value and that, that awareness grows on me as I do it. And I see members of the public come in and take our training program and see what people can do. People can't believe it. I can actually do my own TV show? Yes, you can. Yeah. And also your boss is sitting in the other room and totally listening to this conversation. What? So. <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like to amend a lot of what I just said. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Lindsay? I know you and I have talked like uh, previously uh, when I was there for the training program what your background in um, video and film is. And it doesn't really – I mean, you did the training program as I did, but before that – you weren't thinking about local access. You were thinking about other things, well, based on what you told me. But if, I, if I'm wrong, <laughs> please correct me. Yeah, yeah no, well, um, you know, I, um, before that, I actually, uh, before I took the training program, I didn't really uh, have interest. So I took the training program because I had interest. One day I realized, um, you know, it's, it's um, something, a wonderful thing to do, uh, visual communication, you know, and there's so many different ways to produce video. Um, and I need to get in. I need to get in on that. Um, so the passion just hit me pretty much one day. Um, and then I realized it's not too late. Um, so I got involved with local um, art in, in the town of Newtown. Um, and then I stumbled upon um, this free training program. And it just blew my mind away. Um, so that and, and that connects to what you were asking is why we like to work here. Um, I think it's an amazing gift that we offer the community so much that um, I jumped in. I took a training program and it it uh, gave me everything I needed. And I want to I want to help others have that. So I took the training program um, I went, I, and it gave me the ability to continue um, research by my own camera, um, you know, go go off into freelance a little bit and further develop my skills. But the studio was always there to support me. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's something that I enjoy every day is being able to be there for the community. Oh, wow. That's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> Doing stuff for other people. What a concept. Yes, yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And I think since, you know, we've talked, we've touched on this a few times already. Why don't we just start talking about the, the training program? It is such a big part of the studio and a big part of what you guys do. Um, I think, Franny, since you run it, why don't you give us a little... Well, I've been with the station 
four years now, but it actually goes way back, Mark. Does it go back? Yeah, it goes to, back to, I'm going to say sometime around 2000 when uh, a really uh, gifted uh, studio manager mm. that we had um, wanted to have training beyond what standard local access training is. Uh, his name was Jim Diaz, and he started, at that time, we were calling it an internship program. So it was a more structured program that would take a group of people, hands-on training with camcorder training, edit training, and studio training, which is basically multi-camera studio training. And that goes on to multi-camera studio training in the field because we have an 11,000-pound mobile production truck that goes out and shoot things. I I (laughs) should add to that. Sometimes we may create a flagship program using volunteers to train them because that's how they make better local access shows with us in a production that we will produce. Like, again, Studio 21, in a sense, is a charter community service arts program in which we use the trainees to help them raise their skill level so that when they create a program on their own, they have some idea of what a professional production is like. And likewise, when I go out with the truck and produce or direct a truck shoot program, they have a better understanding of how almost like a symphony or like dancers in a choreography all positions in a studio shoot have to work together and and complete their task on time with what the director is telling them. And by the way, at our station, getting experience in a truck shoot, even if you were going to pay money, you really can't find that. I don't think you can find that in the state. So that's something truly unique. The point is that our training program has a long pedigree, so we're probably, as we head into the fall class, which which begins September 15th, we're probably at the 50th time we've done this, or wow. maybe 60th if you go back to, uh, you know, 2000. Mm-hmm. So, and it changes all the time. It's always improving. It used to be really long, and then we expanded with how many weeks it is. Now it's about 12 weeks, yeah. but we go through the fundamentals of video production in that. We try to refine. After every single class happens, we sit down as a team going, what can we do better? Or what didn't seem to work? And it just changes all the time. So you never get the same program. And another point I want to throw in is that I know how great the program is because I took it. And I thought it was amazing. I had a a corporate job down in Stanford. I'm a Monroe resident. And for years, I would see the ads for this production training in Newtown. And when I lost my job, all of a sudden I had time, and it was as good as I imagined it to be. So I know, I know how good it is because I've gone through it, yeah. and it's, it's turned out very well. And I would say just one more thing is that mm-hmm. the heart of the program is the video project, meaning oh, when you yes, take the I program— <laughs> Yes. I did it. I forgot. (laughs) You're not just going to go through the motions and we're going to show you how to do editing or you operate a studio camera. Yes, you get that. But you know what? You have a responsibility. You've got to produce something. And you actually go out into the community and you find an event or some kind of presentation happening. And you're going to take one of our camcorders and then you're going to bring it back and you're going to edit it. And it's going to go on channel 192. So you actually produce a TV show and you take responsibility for that. 
And I think people learn so much from their first project. And I think that really makes the program work. Yeah, so yes, you can just be a resident, come come into our studio, you can take a studio tour, you can learn about us, and then you can uh, find your way uh, to what works for you um, and what we offer. The best way to use your community television station um, is to take our training program. For the reasons that Franny just, um, and, and, the, and we've, all, we've all already mentioned, um, you're working with others, um, you're learning... Um, in your life, it's not a, a lost priority. Oh, I need to produce something, or oh, I want to go to class. You go to class, you keep producing, you do it in a certain time period. Um, and that's a, one of the reasons uh, that you want to do the training program. Um, and, um, yeah, all the basic lessons, lighting, microphone, um, how the director speaks to the crew. You get experience in the whole um, background of television production and we do it in such an easy way that you don't have to have experience um, and it comes to you in you know easy to understand uh, lessons um, one by one um, and then we walk you through production so you're working with others um, in production so you get the experience of communication with other crew members um, or if you continue with us you can go on to be director and producer um, um, but and you're using uh, professional equipment, so um, there's something different uh, about the training program than just coming in and um, saying I I want to volunteer in a television show, which you can do. You you can come in and help out. Um, you can come in and um, and uh, learn how to use our equipment, and then tape a television show outside the studio. Um, there's but uh, the training program is is special because it's it's all compacted. The lessons are compacted, and you're working with others. Yeah, so, um, and then there's also local access stations elsewhere in the state who do the same thing you guys do. I don't know if they are. Correct. Yeah, so if if, Correct. We're, if our listeners are outside your 14-town radius and there's no spots, there are other community, I'm, I don't know this. Well, they, they may not, they may not uh, do you guys the training may be, program as well as we do. You but guys but may be yes, unique in that. So Look at that. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, so like I, I always like to try to give a certain amount of education, so... The correct thing is yes. If if in Connecticut, if you are a citizen in any town, you can find the access station where you will be taught how to use various video equipment to make a show. But of course, we are really proud the way we've done it. We have received awards and national awards in in the industry on how we do it. So we think a lot of how we do it. But yes, uh, uh, public access is across the state and in many other states. I just wanted to add that there are people who know nothing about production and they're probably thinking, but they should know something to be involved with us at CTV 192. They don't have to know anything. Since 1970, to make a studio shoot or to produce a program with a camcorder is so simple because of how far technology has come. So we're showing you to do how to do something that probably in 15 or 20 minutes you can do basically. Now, if you want to go beyond the basics and become like an intermediate studio production, we can take you there too. But they don't have to know anything to come down in our station and, and begin the process. Are we all set, Brendan? Can I lower this? No, I guess this is all right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm ready to give it a go. Bow, bow. I got it. 
Hi, I'm Lindsay Kelkress from CTV 192 in Newtown, Connecticut. Hi, I'm Franny Hannigan from CTV 192 in Newtown, Connecticut. Hi, I'm Mark Ingram from CTV 192 in Newtown, Connecticut. And you're listening to Fade In, recorded under the Baobab Tree at Baobab Tree Studios. (laughs) It's too hard to say. (laughs) Tess, can I throw it back to you? You Mm -hmm. actually did the program. And you had to do a video project. What was that like for you from the very beginning where we told you, you've got to do a video project, (laughs) and you had to go find something, do the pre-production, then you had to, there was shoot day, you kind of went, and I remember it rained. It was a tornado warning, actually. See that? See the excitement of community TV? It's unbelievable. (laughs) It was supposed to be an outdoor shoot, an outdoor music shoot, and there was a tornado Mm. warning and a really bad storm, and they were like, no, we got to go inside, yeah. Yeah, but um, I had some training uh, in school. I'd gone to college for partially for uh, film studies and had done some production. And then working with Connecticut Filmworks, I was very familiar with a lot of the goings-on of how, it, how a, a shoot comes together. Not necessarily a studio shoot, but, um, you know, just any sort of videotaping shoot. Um, so I had a lot of knowledge going in um, to my own project. Like I knew how to follow action. I knew, um, you know, how to set things up with a location and set things up with the correct people to talk to and all that. But when I got there, I did not know how high I needed to raise my camera <laughs> to get the correct shot that I wanted. And I am 5'2", and the <laughs> camera was probably up. There's probably got, there's guys in our class who were upwards of six feet. The young bucks who were, like, Your college group, students. There's a, tall, there's a there's lot a of tall people of in call, your group. Yeah. tall guys who were college students, and they were at least six feet tall. So, like, the studio cameras, I stood on a stool at some point. I was like, I can't, like, because I had to bring my neck up and it was really Mm -hmm. not and I couldn't see the screen well enough to see my shot if it was in focus or whatever and so on my I didn't realize that though until after I did my um my own project because I couldn't see the screen watching back the footage later I was like oh I wish I had known that that didn't look so great Mm -hmm. I should have zoomed in and so it was like even though I did go into it knowing a lot already Interesting. I still learned some stuff. And I learned also that, you know, I really want, Lindsay would not let me take out another camera to do my shoot. Oh, really? (laughs) That's Lindsay. Because I was the one, you were the one who was there. You were like, no, we don't let you take out two cameras on your first shoot. And I was like, girl, I know what I'm doing. Give me another camera. And you're like, no. So I had to figure out how to shoot what I wanted with one, which was really hard because I had all these creative ideas of like things that go through your mind probably during a actual studio shoot when you have three angles that Mm -hmm. you can adjust and move and create, you know, emotion based on you know, movement of the camera and the lens and the angle and whatever. And I wanted to be able to do that, but then you wouldn't <laughs> let me. So well, I had, I, to, yeah, I had I, to figure out how to do it with I one. S- <laughs> I stand by the, the, I stand by the fact that actually, um, uh, one of the things that can benefit you from taking um, only one camera is that y- you're being restricted. And when you're doing any kind of art practice and you're restricted by materials, you learn to work with uh, what you have in a deeper way than you might not mm-hmm. have. Um, mm-hmm. So in this case, um, I do believe that 
it, unless the person has already been through this process, it's a great process to go through, yeah. uh, in my opinion, um, where <laughs> you're you're forced to zoom, pan, tilt, uh, and the combination of all those things. And you're imagining that you're doing it live, even if it's on a camcorder and it's not live. You have one cam, you have one camcorder. What, how you do that matters. How you zoom, pan, yeah. tilt, and so you're going to focus. Re- you're going to think deeply about each shot that you're taking. And in my opinion, that that um that is a, a great skill building exercise for a cameraman. Yeah, and even though I knew how to edit already, mostly it. You can't, there's only so much editing you can do on that kind of program. Like, there's only so much time you can spend fixing things. So it's like when you're, even if you're a skilled editor, you don't want to spend like 12 hours re-zooming on things that, like, you didn't zoom in on the first place. And I spent, I think my total editing time for my project ended up being around 12 or 13 hours. Sure. And it was Mm -hmm. mostly on audio because I fixed a whole bunch of audio because they're, the band's audio man adjusted their audio halfway through the freaking show and it was it messed me up and I was like ah yep. but that I was able to fix a lot of because that was out of my control but then the visual stuff would have taken so much longer so it's just like you have to my other thing is I'm a perfectionist so in this project I had to learn to let it go let it not be perfect mm-hmm. You know, and that's just, a good thing to learn. I mean, I was proud of it. I'm glad I did it. I think it looked really great. But because I'm a perfectionist, I'm like, oh, I need to. There's so many things watching it back. I'm like, oh, girl, just zoom, zoom in. This would yeah. be a great moment to zoom in. <laughs> but look at all the things you learned from yeah. that first project. That's what we tell yeah. everybody. Yeah, yeah. To build on what Tess and Frenier are saying, that um, there's two other uh, things that I think um, are you you benefit from doing this pro- this project um, and even doing it with with one camera. One is that you're realizing um, that everything you do is going to impact the future results of your project. So there's after you shoot it there's still steps you take and then everything you're doing when you're on camera can affect those steps later on like in editing like if you have multiple cameras for example obviously that's going to take longer to edit you have more decisions to make the more decisions you can make on camera in the moment matter and again i think that that adds to your skill as a cameraman (laughs) our other structure and because the the hands-on training program is a structured program the the other um importance of the design was we know we're getting novices and intermediate people and we're getting some people that are really good professionals in another area of media you could be in a class with someone who's a professional photographer Mm -hmm. or we've had professional Mm -hmm. audio people who know nothing about video so i just want to come here and do this thing and and i mean people with really good credentials in their resume that that have done audio with, you know, internationally and stuff like that. So when we're designing this, the whole point of that first project is one camera. You should know what your settings are on that one camera and why. Even if you're going to shoot everything in automatic, know what's automatic. Mm -hmm. If you move out of automatic, what settings are you going to change? And why? And today, especially today, because people are used to seeing multi-million dollar productions every day on the TV or if they go to a theater, they're thinking way past the level they should be operating in when they're learning at the beginning. So this is a way we deliberately force everyone to be slow, be restricted, one camera, 
Why are you in this setting? What does it do? How is it going to affect? And Tess, Mm -hmm. when you were doing your project, were you having fun? After running through the rain to get to the building, That's still fun. (laughs) Yeah, and I want to emphasize that point. It's really fun. Learning something new is fun. Working with video is fun. Editing, it's it's fun and it's magic. Yeah. So it's it's actually like really fun to do this and to watch yourself grow. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Especially with um, uh, the internet and social media, you can think that there's more aspects or more things to do. But there, but there isn't a medium in those other mediums to get training for mm. free or to share with others in the flesh right next to you when you're shooting or editing or doing something. So in many ways, we're the last bastion of training in amateur medium because it's those people who will probably become professionals. And most will not become professionals. Most will just go on into another field or it'll continue to be a hobby, but they can make a powerful impact or change. I mean, we've had police officers make Mm -hmm. their own show to affect a change in their community, and it affected the change they wanted. So at the same time, we have people just being creative, just being lighthearted. We have people who will always be amateurs, but using media to make changes probably more powerful in their local area than multi-billion dollar producers that are creating entertainment. I did want to, before we close the show, I wanted to ask, um, kind of touch on that. Based on your experience in local access at working at the station and doing this programming, what is something that you individually, if you think, if it comes to mind for you individually or as a group that you are most proud of in the work that you do at local access? Um, well, the way I see mm-hmm. the work, um, the work that, that we do is uh, is helping other people um, do their work. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so you're help. most proud of helping other people do yeah, cool things. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much variety of the kinds of television shows that we have, that we air, that we help people produce, and that people mm-hmm. produce and ask us to air. And uh, there's just so much variety there. I, I mean, uh, I can't say, oh, there's one thing that I've done because uh, you're the one doing it the, as the community, the community member. Yeah. Mark, yeah. go Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of various individuals, but so... Um, an individual or a show that you've done or something you feel right, like. Right, right, right. Outside of things that just I've done, we, we've seen people that were college students that are not as confident in themselves become more confident and believe that, hey, I like this. I didn't know media production was for me. I always had a little interest, but now that I've done it, I really like it. We've had um, uh, moms when to get out of particular information and have been able to affect change and get out that information to other groups of parents that needed some information. My, my God, we've had uh, local citizens who usually operate in a local government venue actually take advantage of the, it for over a period of years and um, actually give voice to a lot of people. And they might host a show and will be the person training their crew over a period of years. So we've been able to see a lot of people make a real difference in other people's lives through Community Access TV. And Tess, I just wanted to share a story with one of your co-trainees from the class that you just graduated from. Mm. Uh, Sheila? Sheila, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hi, yeah. 
she said something very important to me. Yeah. It was a, a highlight moment for me, which was I went to a local open house. It was outside. They were doing a uh, canine demonstration, police dogs. Right. And so... That I, was her project. Yeah. Her, yes. Yeah. But there was four people, two cameras, and, you know, the purpose of our channel is we enhance a sense of community. So I, I feel like, oh, well, I guess the programming is so varied that enhances a sense of community. But she said... Franny, when I was out there doing that, I felt like I was a part of the community. And all of a sudden, the light bulb went off that our training program is actually connecting. We're not just creating video. We're actually connecting human beings to their communities. And she said that. She said, yeah. I felt like I belonged there. I was doing something valuable. She said she felt terrific. And I felt great just hearing that. And mm -hmm. I realized we are enhancing a sense of community one individual at a time. The fact that she felt connected to to the community in your area and then was able to use those skills outside the community, that's that's my goal Yep. after taking the program as well. So that is why we're all here today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So is there any uh, last thoughts you guys have that you want to share? I see Lindsay has a whole document oh. she wrote out. <laughs> Take it away, <laughs> Lindsay. Oh, document. Um, but um, the best thing is um, to just give us a call, take a studio tour, and see how mm. you can get involved how you will benefit from the program. Um, and you're, it's, it's great to do that in person and to just reach out to us directly. So how does our <laughs> audience reach out to you directly, well, Lindsay? Um, you can go to our Facebook page, um, which is facebook.com slash ctv192. And um, that will give you basically uh, just some images of the kinds of things we do, but you, you want to reach out to us on the phone. Perfect. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. I just called you. I just cold <laughs> called you and Mark answered. Can I plug Studio 21? Yes, please. If you're a yeah. singer or musician or performer of some sort and you want a place to perform, we've got it. We'd love to meet you. So get in touch with us. Yeah. What's the phone number again? 203-304-4050. So perfect. Yes, yeah, Studio 21 is a great program. I And I love being on the crew for that because the artists you have are always really good. Like, it's not just, like, these teenagers wanting to play something. I mean, sometimes it is teenagers, mm -hmm. but they're good. It's like we actually have a good time listening to them and doing their their show. So, great program, whoever's listening Thanks. and wants to be on it. Yeah, so I want to thank you guys for being on the show. This was awesome. This I'm was so, so much glad. fun. It's great yeah, to it was be fun. here. It's funny to talk to you guys in a, it's a circle <laughs> with the headphones and the mics. I mean, uh -huh. it feels super high tech. Um, so thank you also to Baobab Tree Studios for letting us uh, use their space. It's a beautiful studio for anybody who wants to come and get into using multimedia stuff. You can find us on YouTube and Facebook at Connecticut Filmworks and on Twitter at CT Filmworks. Thank you for listening, and you will see us very soon. Hi, I'm Franny Hannigan from CTV 192 in Newtown, Connecticut. Watch our music show, Studio 21, a show where local bands around Connecticut perform at our studio. Or call us to get involved. You can watch behind the scenes, help out on the production, or even perform. So call us at 203-304-4050. That's 203-304-4050.